Hello, my name is Leaf, and you're listening to Health Righteous. In the last episode, we found out that the food that we trusted enough to feed to our children was, sadly, letting us down. We saw all kinds of heavy metals in baby foods, and found out that even rice, which I thought was universally hailed as a healthy, gluten-free grain, isn't who we thought it was. It's got a bunch of naturally occurring arsenic in it, and that's no bueno for developing brains in kids, or adults either, for that matter. Which leads us to today's episode that I'm calling, Five Everyday Foods That Are Trying to Kill You. Alright, before I get too far along, it's important that I remind you that my goal here with this podcast is to provide information for you to reduce harm from your everyday life. I'm not out here telling you to cut all of these foods out because A. Some of these foods are only potentially trying to kill you. Sorry for the bait and switch. And B. Some of these foods have other redeeming qualities and just taste too good to give up altogether. So just keep that in mind while we're talking about this. Maybe just consider eating less of these. Now that we got that out of the way, I'm going to talk about this confirmed carcinogen that can appear in a third of the food that we eat. It's called acrylamide. Yikes, a third of the food that we eat? Yeah. But before I tell you in which foods you'll find it, I want to tell you how they discovered it. Picture this. Swedish countryside, early 90s. Miners are building a tunnel when they start to experience numbness from a noxious chemical that's leaking out through the rocks. The chemical seeps into the water and kills off breeding pools full of fish, and paralyzes and wipes out herds of cattle. The chemical is, yep, you guessed it, acrylamide. A few years later, curious Swedes also discovered that the carcinogen was found in starchy foods in varying amounts as well. Here's the thing. It's in a lot of food. But in the lab trials where scientists determined its carcinogenicity, they were giving rats considerably more than we would get from regular servings of food. So keep that in mind. But also, we've seen that it's not something that we want a lot of. The food in which you'll find the highest concentration of acrylamide is, drumroll please, fried potatoes and sweet potatoes. Yes, our starchy friends don't take too kindly to being exposed to high heat when they get fried. And since the discovery of acrylamide, some fast food chains have taken measures to reduce the amount of acrylamide in the final product by taking a couple of precautions. With potatoes, they picked varieties with lower sugar and found that if you store them at room temperature rather than refrigerating and cook or fry them at lower temperatures, it makes a big impact on how much acrylamide is in the final product. We can pick up these techniques as well in preparing our taters. Also, when you're cooking them, the lighter the color in your potatoes or starchy foods are, the better. Don't cook them dark, just cook them until they're golden. And when I say starchy foods, I'm talking about breads mainly here. Yeah, unfortunately, you'll find acrylamide in all of your favorite baked goods as well. 
Now you're beginning to see why it's in a third of the food that we eat. Avoid burnt or dark baked goodies, and you're going to minimize your exposure there. Another dark sugary culprit is molasses. Blackstrap molasses is right up there with fried potatoes and sweet potato chips in the amount of acrylamide. Then you cruise down the list and see a few other things like prune juice, roasted nut butters, corn cereals, and coffee and chocolate. These ones have considerably less acrylamide, and some of them even have some pretty redeeming health qualities. Like coffee has a bunch of antioxidants in it, but maybe opt for a lighter roast. Lighter roasts have more caffeine anyway. And with nut butters, look for raw rather than roasted, and you're good there. Acrylamide is a carcinogen. Eat sensibly and eat responsibly, and I'm sure we'll all be all right. And if you're a smoker, don't be a smoker. Cigarette smoke and other tobacco products like vaping and snooze all have acrylamide in them as well. Not to mention cadmium. Remember cadmium from our last episode on heavy metals? It's not something you want in your body. And it's bad for everyone around you, too. Especially kids. Cut. It. Out. Back to taters. Acrylamide isn't the only thing to look out for when you're prepping your spuds. In South London in 1979, a small boys' school experienced a catastrophic case of poisoning. And the culprit? A bag of potatoes that had been left in storage for too long. The Brits luckily received treatment right away and were left with only milder symptoms of nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, hallucinations. But in the early 1950s, North Koreans weren't so lucky. During war, they experienced famine and had no choice but to eat potatoes that had gone bad. And for 22 people, the poisoning was fatal. Potatoes and tomatoes are both in the nightshade family, or solanaceae family, and the poison that they produce is called solanine. Solanine is a glycoalkaloid, a chemical that the plant produces naturally as a defense mechanism against insects, diseases, and herbivores. Like me. The leaves, stems, and shoots are naturally high in glycoalkaloids. If you've ever seen a potato turn green when it starts to grow eyes, that's usually indicative of higher levels of solanine as well, and it's time to throw that potato as far as you can. There's also a bacterial infection that can cause potatoes and tomatoes to have a higher amount of solanine, called blight, or late blight. This is actually what caused the European and Irish potato famines in the mid-1800s. But it's still around today. There's some potatoes that have been genetically altered to resist blight, saving crops and making for what would appear to be a safer potato. If you didn't catch all of the good and bad of genetic engineering I talked about, give my first two episodes of Health Righteous a listen, and we'll catch you right up. I mentioned tomatoes earlier as well. Solanine in tomatoes is going to be lower than greening potatoes, but could still be dangerous in hard, young green tomatoes. What about fried green tomatoes? The green tomatoes used in these dishes are in the early stages of ripening, though they're still green to green-yellow in color. And frying them reduces the solanine content, rendering the green tomato less toxic. Peppers and eggplants are in this family too, but I haven't seen anything about solanine poisoning from them. So potatoes! Double whammy! 
Store them in a dark, dry area, but don't refrigerate them, and eat them before they turn green or start to grow eyes. But if they do start to grow, if you catch them early enough on, you can still cut out the eyes if you think they're salvageable. Next up, we've got one that really shocked me. But first, let's take a commercial breather, and then we'll get right back to it. Today's sponsor is me. I started this podcast to share my knowledge about the things that matter to me when it comes to making health-conscious decisions. I believe that everyone should have the tools to make their best decisions to reduce harm from their lives so they get the best chance at living a long, happy one. Even if we're just making a difference in the life of one person who listens to this podcast, that to me is worthwhile. This podcast is currently a solo project and it's pretty resource and time consuming. So if you believe in what I'm doing, or you just want to pick up some tips about how to add some health righteousness to your everyday life, follow Health Righteous on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or visit our website. Just type Health Righteous, all one word, into your browser and drop a dot before the US. And if this podcast means something to you, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody who you want to see live a health righteous life. And lastly, if you want to help me make this podcast sustainable, visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash healthrighteous. Any amount that you can contribute, even if it's just a few dollars, will help secure the resources we need to make this podcast something I can feasibly continue. Let's spread the gospel. All right, back to the show. Welcome back. The next one really shocked me. I'm not going to lie. I was chatting with my sister after Thanksgiving dinner this week and was reminded just how similar she and I are. She is just as curious as I am about what's in our food and what we can do to reduce harm. And a few months ago, she told me about a naturally occurring carcinogen in a food that I ate all the time. She told me about agaritine. Agaritine is a group 3 carcinogen that occurs naturally in button mushrooms and in small amounts in shiitakes. She found this out by listening to Joe Rogan's podcast when he interviewed a fungi expert named Paul Stamets. He actually stars in the movie Fantastic Fungi that's out in theaters, and he's a Washingtonian like me. In the episode, he mentioned that portobellos have a problem. All mushrooms should be cooked, and portobellos in particular should be cooked at high temperatures because of agaritine. Portobellos, cremini mushrooms, and white or brown button mushrooms are all the same mushroom, called Agaricus bisporus. Hey Siri, play Different Names for the Same Thing by Death Cab for Cutie. The studies on agaritine have had varying results, from cancers in mice to indirect anti-cancer properties by activating a response in the immune system. It's no secret that Paul Stamets is a mushroom expert. So for right now at least, I'm done eating raw button mushrooms. And I'll be cutting back on cooked ones as well. I never really liked raw mushrooms anyways. The next one also came as a shock. I was doing some research on broccoli sprouts since my sister told me that they might help protect our bodies against glyphosate exposure. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in the weed killer Roundup that's sprayed on a ton of crops in the United States. The active ingredient she was talking about in broccoli sprouts is sulforaphane. But broccoli sprouts also produce glutathione, which I mentioned in my last episode, is a great way to help your body detox from heavy metal exposure. So broccoli sprouts, good. If you know about broccoli sprouts, 
eat broccoli sprouts. So many health benefits from your gut to your brain. But what I found out in reading up on broccoli sprouts is that other sprouts might actually be trying to harm you. Cannabinine is an amino acid that forms in alfalfa sprouts and has the potential to mimic the symptoms of lupus when you consume enough of it. Skip the alfalfa and opt for a healthier sprout like broccoli. Kidney beans and white kidney beans, aka cannellini beans, didn't know they were the same bean, found that out today. They were different names for the same thing can both be extremely dangerous if they're not prepared correctly because of a toxic protein called PHA that I'm not even going to try to say the full name of because it is crazy long, that they produce. So, kidney beans, cannellini beans, both produce this toxic protein called PHA. Don't cook these raw beans in a slow cooker. Make sure they're getting a full-on boil for at least 10 to 30 minutes because slow cookers don't get hot enough to break down this toxin. Same story for fava beans. They're also toxic if you don't cook them enough first, but these ones produce linamarin, which turns into cyanide in your body. Speaking of cyanide, tapioca or cassava root produce a cyanogenic glucoside as well. But again, if properly prepared, it's eaten as chips, flours, crackers, or in pudding or boba tea so many things. Lastly, something that everyone should know about is grapefruit. This one is more specific to its interaction with medication within the benzodiazepine family. But if you're taking a benzo like Xanax, Ativan, or Valium, steer clear of grapefruit because it can affect liver enzymes that are needed to break down Xanax, potentially causing an unintended overdose. It's just grapefruit though, so other citrus is a-okay. I think that's it for this episode. I just flew right through that. That was super fast. I guess I didn't really have to drag it out. I just cut right to the chase. We talked about, one, how acrylamide was found in a Swedish mine, and now it's in starchy foods cooked at high temperatures like potatoes and sweet potatoes, molasses and breads, and in tobacco products. Then we talked about, two, solanine in green potatoes and tomatoes. We talked about mushrooms having... Three, a garotene, so we'll only eat cooked mushrooms from here on out. We talked about broccoli as the wonder sprout, but to watch out for or alfalfa sprouts and undercooked beans, cassava and tapioca, and finished it out by talking about five, grapefruit. If you learned something today, share this podcast with your friends, your family, your obstetrician, your macrame teacher, your favorite zookeeper, or maybe that gorgeous human that brings water into your office every week. Anyone who's made your life interesting that you want to have the best shot at living a long, healthy life. Just listening to this podcast means a lot to me. We're on Apple Podcasts now, so let's get this baby featured. Get all of your friends to subscribe, rate, and comment on our show's page by searching for Health Righteous on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to keep making these episodes, so consider becoming a patron. I'm currently accepting patrons on Patreon and sponsorship of many kinds, so visit patreon.com slash healthrighteous or shoot me a DM. If there's something that I missed that you think everybody should know about, let me know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram, hit me up on the Twitter or the Facebook, and tell me 
what I missed because I'm just this one guy doing this thing and you are more people than me. So let me know. See you back here, same time, same place, in two weeks for our next episode where we learn all about booze. Now get out of here and tell the world how great this podcast is. Until next time, this has been Hell.